You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. episode we'll be talking about the almond brothers band at fillmore east in the room i have rob hello ben and john bonsoir at fillmore east is the first live album by american rock band the almond brothers band and their third release overall the album was released on july of 1971 in the u.s by capricorn records and the producer was tom dowd the genre is southern rock blues blues rock jam rock and jazz rock and I'm going to read from the book Manish Arwal. Led by visionary slide guitarist Dwayne Allman and his singer and organ-playing younger sibling Greg, the Allman Brothers band both invented and transcended Southern rock. Based in Macon, Georgia, the original sextet also featured guitarists. These are the best names I've ever heard. Dickie Betts, bassist Barry Oakley, and two drummers. How you say it? Butch Truck? J- no, no. <laughs> Butch Trucks, yeah. Yeah. It's Derek Trucks. Butch Uncle, Trucks and J. Johanna Johannes. Johanna Johansson. <laughs> J-Mo, right? Yep. <laughs> Johanna Johansson? Yep. They were known for their extended live jams evolving a symphonic blend of rock, blues, country, soul, and jazz. When their first two studio albums flopped, a concert disc seemed the obvious answer. The double LP at Fillmore East was assembled by producer Tom Dowd from a pair of 1971 shows at the New York Review. The record begins with three faithful R&B covers, then takes a turn for the spectacular with Side 2, a 19-minute tempo-shifting run through the Willie Cobb's You Don't Love Me. This is more telepathy than boogie. Give a million bar bands a million gigs, and they would never match the fluid interplay of Allen's originals, Hot Lana, and In Memory of Elizabeth Reed. A sidelong version of Whipping Post brings the house down. Simmering with tension that is almost climactic, the Southern Gothic Lament is one of the all-time greats Roots Rock performances. All right, what do we think of At Fillmore East? I'm going to say this is more of a mounds because an almond joy <laughs> it is not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm well, leave because thanks, <laughs> thanks guys. Well, an Rob's almond joy's got <laughs> got nuts. This does not. <laughs> an almond joy is a, a joy of almonds. Yeah, and this is not. All right, let's go around the room. Who thinks that almond joy is better than mountains? I oh, do. absolutely. I, I love almond joys. When I was a kid, mounds. But okay. now that I'm a grown-up, okay. almond joy. It's more, right. more adult flavor. I think of this. What did you think of this album? Well, I, this is the first time I'd ever heard this album. Hmm. And uh, I'd heard 
Almond Brothers, but the Almond Brothers that I was familiar with was more of the Ramblin' Man, Country Rock, Almond Brothers. So the first three tracks of this, uh, three like extended blues jams, were kind of tough listening for me. Now I, I'll say that the first two, it's not as long as you think because they're four minutes. It felt Could've long. Fooled me. Yeah. But, okay, so. Oh, I shit. played a lot of rib fests. Yeah. <laughs> tell me, tell me, Ben. Tell me about those rib fests. And this sounds like the rib fest boogie blues. Right? Absolutely. <laughs> you know, like, can, yeah. can, can you can you say uh, I played a lot, a lot of rib fests really quick? One more time. I've played a lot of rib fests. <laughs> <laughs> and I got the blues. Okay, <laughs> you know, okay so so. <laughs> I've, been, I've played a lot of rib fests. <laughs> and I, and I, I've heard a lot of rib fest blues bands and there is a style of the blues a a particular riff and cadence and feel that i have referred to for like the last decade as the i woke up this morning blues yeah because like woke up this morning and then you know the next line is always that they have some kind of blues and they clean uh, some teeth right because they're dentists because they're dentists (laughs) okay okay yeah so so statesboro blues starts and like there, there's like a minute or two of of just blues riffs before they start singing. And I'm sitting here listening to it, and I'm like, man, this sounds like the fucking woke up this morning fucking blues. And then he comes in, and he goes, I woke up this morning. I'm like, oh my fucking god! double album of the I Woke Up This Morning Blues and oh my heart sank <laughs> I think you killed the mic <laughs> uh, I will say that alright none of those other people have Dwayne Al Almond doing slide guitar and that is one they had people the, every one of those bands had someone doing their best Dwayne Almond <laughs> no not even close though no, not I, even in the I, same I I I, I, be- I I don't beg to differ I say no sir because Stevie Ray Vaughan did a much better job well, that's Stevie than Ray Dwayne, Dwayne Almond did doing woke up this morning blues but I still don't like it Okay. Right. There are many accomplished musicians that can play things well that suck. Well, I don't think Dwayne Allman sucks. I think he's the best thing about Eric Clapton. Yeah. Exactly. Was <laughs> <laughs> he on more than that record? Uh, he, he, was, he was all over uh, Layla. That was the only Clapton record yeah. he was Dar- on. But he, but Dar- he was. Uh, uh, yeah, That's but him. Layla and other love songs. I meant Layla the album. Which okay. was Derek and the Dominoes. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm asking like future Clapton, uh, which I'm sure we have. Uh, other than Clapton, he was a Muscle Shoals gun. Like, okay. uh, he cut he cut his teeth just being a studio dude, uh, Muscle Shoals, playing very good guitar. Yeah, alt normally slide. Yes. Okay. Yeah, he was he was one of the one of the best on on slide. I would I would say um, very unique style sound that he does with slide. And slide is still wearing the guitar with a slide on your finger. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so lap steel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so he he actually used a, a medicine bottle, which that was an old blues trick at the time. Is that where he kept his cocaine? <laughs> That's probably where he kept his cocaine. He really should have gotten a second bottle because the cocaine would just get everywhere yeah. and dump out all over his hand. I guess he he uh, it was real hard for him because they didn't make those. I mean, that wasn't a 
a standard at the time. What, metal like bottles? Became... They didn't make a... <laughs> Old-timey apothecary a, bottles? A, a glass slide in 1971? No, not that was a medicine bottle that fit his finger perfectly. Oh. Mm. And so he babied that and put it in a special case that so he wouldn't drop it or, you know, oh, I, get I, broken. I know about guitar players yeah. babying their favorite slides. Yeah. I, 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 I bet I was, you do. I was a guitar tech for one of them. Yeah. And, yeah, the, his favorite slide, which... Was cut off of a. There's a way the old bluesman would do it with a wine bottle, mm-hmm. where they would soak a string in kerosene and wrap the string around the neck of the bottle and light it and then wait for it to be burning and then like tap it and if you did it just right you could get that that slide and he had one that it, it had all the right sweet spots and no other slide would do and after every show I'd fill the top and the bottom of it with two corks that fit perfectly and then put the whole thing in a dress sock and wrap that in another sock and then put that in the guitar case. Yep. Yep. Because so. it had to be that slide. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I'm glad 3D printers are a thing. Now, <laughs> <laughs> I, don't think a, I don't think a plastic slide no. would <laughs> sound the same. That's not going to work out. Tell that to my kazoo, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> the glass kazoo is just... All right. <laughs> so we, we skipped ahead a little bit yeah, in this I was album say, and are listening. Right now we're listening to You Don't Love Me. And this riff is fire. I like the riff. So is the biggest problem is, is that you have with the first two songs or first three? Well, the first three songs are, are just the Ribfest Boogie Blues. And, you know... If you're a fan of the Ribfest Boogie Blues, well, then the Almond Brothers probably do it better than anyone else. Yeah, I'm just, I, I, I was never that into the genre, and, and now I'm burnt out on it, and I don't ever need to hear it again. Okay. Uh, you Don't Love Me, I like the first seven minutes of it. Mm-hmm. The first seven minutes of the song, what, the, the main body of the song, I, I'm here for that. It's when the, it, it's a nine, it, how long is this? It's like 19 minutes. 19 minutes, yeah. Yeah, so, you know. Too many. It's too many minutes. Mm-hmm. I like the first seven. I think the things that I hate about this album and these songs are the things that people that like this album like about it. They're like, yeah. oh, not only is it doing this, but there's so much of it. And that's not what I want. Well, I, shit, Whipping Post originally is like fucking what? Less than six minutes? Yeah, and they do 23 or something. That's too many. Yeah. It's too many. It's too, it's too many. many minutes. I, I don't know. I kind of like. You liking like it? Some yeah. of that stuff. Yeah. 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 I I loved the uh, the the eleven uh, intro for uh, is it um which, which one is this? You don't love me, Elizabeth Reed. No. Oh. In, in memory of uh, Elizabeth Reed. Yeah. 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 That 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 that's a it's yeah. a beautiful uh, use of eleven. Um, eleven four or something like that. Yep. Yeah. Eleven yeah eleven four eleven eight yeah. one two um but no yeah I. I the first three songs really threw threw me for a loop. I think that it, and it starts yeah. off so... It took forever to yeah, get through I was going to say, yeah, yeah, it starts off really, like, reactionary. I had the same reaction. When I started listening, I was like, oh, God. We're, oh, we're, no! We're back, in, <laughs> we're back in the, like, blues breaker. Like, even though I could appreciate the slide guitar, I was kind of having the same reaction that you guys all had, where I was like, oh, well, I don't then, think like, about this. And they're kind of admitting, you can hear them in between, it's like... Since we're doing some of this blues stuff or whatever, so it just sounded like they were real casual, like, oh, this is just another gig. Then they actually, I feel like, pick it up after the first three, and then you... They I, do, but they're... I like, the, I like Hotlanta. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, they do, but it's still, like, 
as as opposed to my initial like reaction, like oh no, not not more dad blues, like getting into things. I'm like oh shit, this is gonna be a cool song, and then the song goes on for fucking twenty minutes. Yeah, and so yeah. like I like oh, I'm gonna do this. Oh god damn it. Yeah, and then the next one. Oh, yeah, it just has this constant like it's disappointment of how many minutes I'm being forced to listen. What is it, seven tracks and it's. Pushing like yeah. the length of the Godfather. Yeah. At the same. At, at the same time, I mean. <laughs> when you put it like that, Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ! Like live album, live experience. I mean, this is. This would make me go away from a bar. Yeah, this is not the live experience I want. I don't want to sit there and watch that person do that song for. I know. Minutes. I've been to this bar. I can deal with this bar, but I wouldn't necessarily put it in my headphones. Yeah. In a bar, I can distract myself. of a decade in blues bars and yeah you did i did and uh you know if a if a blues band is legitimately tearing it up which almond brothers are yeah you know drink a few more beers find someone to talk to it'll be fine but like sitting sitting down in a chair with headphones on i can't <laughs> do it you yeah. know if, if you could <laughs> see them playing their instruments and and getting into it maybe it'd be worthwhile especially yeah. if you were in the crowd but yeah, just hearing it is not yeah. good. S- sitting down in your, in your comfortable chair, be imagining yourself in this spot that you are not currently listening to jammed out seven songs, hundred and fucking twenty minutes. No, absolutely not. I, I I don't. A live experience is a live experience is a live experience, and you can grab like some real magic off of a live recording but you can't grab that experience of seeing a band do a live thing that you're very much into if you're not present and mm-hmm. I, I had the same issue with that dead album which what, what, what was that live dead live dead yeah that was that just was different in, to entirely me. too long but it, it is it, this is exactly what this is no like it's not though it's the same fucking thing because nah. I think it's different. Th- that is that was a live dead recording. This is what the dead are. This is what the Almond Brothers are at this particular point in time at, at Fillmore. Once again, and different Fillmore. Yeah, this is. But at the same time, like this is what it was. And if you weren't there, then this is the thing. Like, oh, but this is what the Almond Brothers yeah, are like. It, this is and, the and, documentation. And here I am listening to it, being like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> so. And it's not that there aren't great things happening occasionally, but Jesus fucking Christ, this is too too long. Hmm. To me. I hear it. Sorry. Yeah, I hear it. No, don't don't apologize. I, I, <laughs> I think I have a bit of a different take. I don't if if it was chopped down to like the second al- album, the second record, 
I think I would really like it. I think it's, you're right. It's mm-hmm. entirely Maybe. resting on on those. Wait, so you want the second album? You want the 23 minute version yep. of Whipping Post? Yep. You oh, totally. Okay. I'll I'll tell you what I get real weird. That's the thing is, I'm I'm a big fan of getting getting out there. Free jazz. It, well, it does it does have a lot of dynamics. They have a, a real chemistry, and you can kind of feel a bit of like energy within that whole song, going up and down, and you know, throughout the song. So yeah, I I, I do like that in Hotlanta, banging track. That's mm-hmm. a great track. Uh, and I like uh, in memory of Elizabeth Reed. I just I, I just like feel eleven. Like, I, I think that where they fall short to me is since I'm a, you know, I like uh, other blues or blues music musicians, they do a great job. I'm not uh, talking shit about them doing a good job of representing these older tracks. However, it just doesn't, that doesn't transcend. Where it transcends is where they get more into the rock, the like Southern rock, which the Almond Brothers are great at um and not just relying on this sort of sort of yeah. blues standards if they if they did more that transitional i'm i'm all for it I'm i all... like what you were saying about uh disc two mm-hmm. for me if it w- if disc two was still like so like side one of disc two is hot lana and in memory of elizabeth reed i'm fine with that as a side if side two if instead of 23 minutes of whipping post if it was like 11 like 12 minutes of whip and post and the first seven minutes of you don't love me yeah mm-hmm. that I, I I could fully get behind that yeah it, that I'm I'm not gonna revisit this album yet this whole week I've been walking around humming because you want you want those southern rock I don't want it's such a catchy riff it's a great riff and I feel like this is if I mean ZZ top this is so, sort mm-hmm. of exactly mm-hmm. where that sort of that southern boogie exactly yeah. that southern boogie comes from this kind of almond brothers however zz top uh well they they do extend a, a lot of times they when, also when trim the fat a lot when they're ZZ in concert top is, is concise and tight when they're in album form now when they're live they do extend a bit it's not this long no they are de- like almond brothers are definitely close to that grateful dead uh you know length of Here's yeah. one song is going to last, you know, half the until set. we say so. Until we well, say as so. As soon as the word jam comes out, I'm out. Yeah. Like, yeah. When the jam comes in, I leave. I'm not because I just recognize uh, or I want to see sometimes just the skill of a of a of a player, and I want to see how that player bounces off of another player, and they're very good at that. Um, but at the same time, I completely understand uh, where you guys are coming from, just being like, nah. This is just too much. <laughs> no for me, and, and, and not you know, not enough like substance of an actual song, and too much of you going on your own trip. I've always said that when you get into jam bands, one of my favorite bands, obviously, is Sonic Youth, and what Sonic Youth tries to do that jam bands don't do, or the difference between someone jamming and someone in a band doing an experience is jamming means that that person is showing off their skill and the 
a band like Sonic Youth wants to take you on a trip with them. Yeah. They want you to experience something, whereas someone uh, jamming or is showing up, like Eric Clapton, that's why I don't like him, is because he wants to show off. He wants to show, you know, technicality. Look what I can do. How can, how, how good can I perform for you? Whereas some bands are come with me and and we'll do this together. I think the dead try to do that, but I, I'm not on the board with that. But yeah, that's just my take. There are happy surprises that can happen. Yeah. It over the course of like, you know, n- noodling in a uh, in a thing or I, I hate god, I hate the fucking word jamming. Yeah. I hate it so much. But I'm stuck in the band right now. Yeah. That I have to do these <laughs> So I'm trying to make it as concise as possible. And at least surprising. I like to surprise myself when it happens. And if it's cool, if not, like, you know, I'll make a fucking mogi fart noise. And that's that, 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 that's <laughs> well, how I get out of it. Was that the wasn't that some of the Christ Gow review of this album was something like, you know, uh, at least with these other bands that jam, they're going to do something surprising along the way. But here, you know, this, it's like this is inevit- it's it's something inevitable, like inevitable right. of where it ends up or yeah. something. And like that, that has as, the, as is the blues. That is the blues. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sound you them. just described the blues. <laughs> 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 come back to the one (laughs) (laughs) it would be surprising if it was the three but it's not i didn't realize i thought that Dwayne allman was present for more of the allman brothers career i knew that he died young but uh this album came out in in july of 71 and he was gone by october of 71 Mm -hmm. motorcycle accident yes Mm -hmm. and i didn't realize that I, i i i you know like He's not the only Almond brother, but he's like the one you show up for. And the fact that like they're like I, I I'm not a huge Almond Brothers fan, but at at this point in 1971, you haven't yet gotten to the album that I'm most familiar with, Eat a Peach, or the single that I'm most familiar with, Ramblin' Man, which is even later. I didn't realize how much of the band's career was after their Tent pole member was no longer with them. That's just something I didn't know. Yeah. 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 And I think they transitioned. I mean, they transitioned pretty nicely into not being purely. Uh, was that kind of like when they sw- switched from blues to country rock? Yes. Okay. That makes sense. So starting to connect. Oh, our, where's our blues guitarist? Yeah. I can play country. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, it, and, and I think that was the style at the time of being that laid back, the band, you yeah. know, all those sort of. Uh, well, even the, the band's a few years old, even here. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So in my uh, in my reading about the Almond Brothers, I uh, I went down a rabbit hole 
actually, because I found reading about their tour manager more interesting than reading about them. <laughs> so much more interesting. Uh, so let's talk about tw- Twigs Linden. <laughs> yeah. Tell me about Twigs. So... Uh, Twigs Linden, uh, <laughs> what, what sent me down the rabbit hole was just a throwaway line on the Wikipedia page for this album. It was like, oh yeah, the band was on hard times financially, and at one point their tour manager, Twigs Linden, stabbed and killed a promoter for not paying him $500. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, wait, 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 what? Yeah. Because then it just went on, like... So anyway, Dickie Betts. <laughs> no, 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 no. Tell me more about their tour manager stabbing and killing a concert and promoter. Then, and then claiming and insanity. Claiming temporary yeah. insanity. Yeah. Because, quote, life on the road with the Almond Brothers made me crazy. <laughs> so do you know how that uh, murder charge affected this album visually? So the album, the front cover, I think, is the Almond Brothers. The back is the roadies. And in the depiction of the roadies, the tour manager is superimposed as a photograph or as an image because he's in jail awaiting <laughs> trial for stabbing the promoter. To death. To Not death. stabbing him. Yeah. Stabbing murdering, murdering him. him. <laughs> yeah, to death. Jeez. He did, eight, he did 18 months. Yep. Uh, I should mention that this, uh, during these concerts, there was a bomb threat, so they had to clear out for hours, which made the concerts go very late and into the early morning. Uh, 6 a.m. Ended at 6 a.m. So they were on all sorts of drugs, <laughs> <laughs> liquor, drugs. and so I'm very impressed with the, the performances on on some of this. The only other stuff I have, Greg Almond did shoot himself in the foot in 1965 to be avoid being sent to Vietnam. Hmm. Hmm. Dwayne was exempt from the draft because he was the oldest son and his father was dead. Oh, not because he could shred the blues? That's right. <clears throat> and also, I did a little research on the Fillmore East. I thought it was interesting. It was a Yiddish theater, 1920, built in 1926. And, uh, yeah, had hosted comedians and only lasted for, I think it was uh, six years, or it, four years, maybe, that uh, they were open with, uh, you know, Grateful Dead and... Uh, they closed, like, shortly Almond after this, Brothers. right? Yeah, wow. this, this is, is it. Almond Brothers played the last show. This is literally, the like, the Wait, last... Th- this this is that we're listening to? Uh, yeah. I, I thought they came back... I thought re- it was. They came back... Because I, the last show, it was Almond Brothers were on it, and the, but the Beach Boys were on it too, and there was a few other bands. The Beach Boys on were on this performance. This. Really? Yeah. Yes. So this is the one. The, and and Whipping Post is actually the last like song played at the Fillmore East. Yeah. Right. Beach Boys wanted a headline, and but the, they were the like, like, Nah, the blues. Bi- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bill Bill Graham. Well, Bill Graham was just like after the the. Almond Brothers played the first show. He's like, nah, nah, they're playing last. Like, we're yeah. like, people are here. And they're playing they're at 6 a.m. when <laughs> people are going to work. And For the 170 like, hours. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was Johnny Winter and Elvin Bishop group uh, added extra attraction Almond Brothers. Yep. And at the end of the first night, the order had been forcibly flipped. Uh, facts I have is the scene in the movie Almost Famous where the rock star character jumps from the roof is inspired by Dwayne Almond's exploits. Of, he was the golden god? Yep. Yep. Yeah, and they had all sorts of, uh, you know, crazy, uh, like, on the on the road. They toured, 
like constantly. I think it was they did 300 shows in a year. And you can tell um, by listening to them live. Yeah, like th- this is their natural habitat. Yeah, not the studio. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think they made the right choice on this. Also, Dwayne Allman named his daughter Galadriel after the character in J.R.R. Tolkien, <laughs> Lord of the Rings. <laughs> How's that spelled in Tangmore? <laughs> oh, so. the Elvish language. <laughs> that uh, that uh, that reminds me of another Twigs Linden anecdote. Uh, Twigs Linden after Dwayne Allman died. Twigs Linden, he was a, a, a gearhead, and he sold. Is like 1930s hot rod to buy Dwayne Allman's Les Paul, and he his plan was to what, what's Dwayne's daughter's name again? The the Galadriel. The, Galadriel. His plan. He held it for her because he wanted her to have it, but he wanted to wait quote until she was old enough not to give it to the first guitar player she dated. Aww. So he, uh, but I guess at the time when when Twigs passed was she. It was not yet at that age. Eventually, Gladriel in like the 80s or 90s did get the Les Paul, and then it's now on loan from her to the, the Rock Hall. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Where That's her amazing. guitarist boyfriend worked. Where her guitarist <laughs> boyfriend worked. Yeah, right. but, uh, but yeah, Twig, Twig sold a car to be able to secure that, that relic. That's sweet. Yeah, That's sweet. Yeah. Sweet dude. Murderer, but sweet dude. I mean, you know. Uh, what do we think of the album? I mean, you say murderer. I say he was getting business. His job was to get that band mm-hmm. paid, and the promoter wasn't gonna. Did he overreact? Yes, but that promoter wasn't gonna pay the band, and his job is to get that band paid. And he's a perfectionist. I bet he could have done it a different way. Though. Oh, he could have. He could have poked him with a knife in a different point, yeah. and, and probably not killed him. Yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. But it was in the line of duty. I, I mean, think, <laughs> I think Rob is uh, <laughs> disappointed we're still listening to this album, so I'm going to ask no, him, uh, what do you think of this? I agree with you. The first three songs are terrible. And <laughs> I didn't say that. I did not say that. <laughs> Birch Miller, I no, no. wholeheartedly agree with you that the first three songs are the worst nope. things the Allman Brothers have ever put onto a record. <laughs> what do you think? Have you listened to every Allman Brothers record? <laughs> I guess he should. But he has, and I agree with him. Uh, No, man, uh, there are cooler things after those first three songs, but nothing that's going to make me want to go back to it. So, uh, negative. I don't don't ever want to listen to this again. I'm also never going to listen to this again. If you like, if you like the Ribfest Boogie Blues, this is the album for you. If you don't like the Ribfest Boogie Blues, but you do like long format jams, this still might be the album for you. What it's, if I like Ribfest, but I don't enjoy blues? Well, no, that's that, that person doesn't exist. <laughs> it's me! It's always been me! I want to eat the ribs and I don't want to listen to the music! I'm sorry, you have to make your own ribs. God damn it! I'm going to give this a negative, but not because it's bad. Just it's not for me. Yeah. It's just it's this is not for me. I'm not going to revisit this. I do like parts of it, but the parts of it that I like are less than half. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to give it a negative. It's for the person who wants to drive a Volvo for 600 miles into an endless desert, and I'm not that guy. Why a Volvo? Um, that sounds all right. Yeah. What you just described sounded okay. Yeah, but you have to listen to this album. Oh. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. So, no, the driving of the Volvo into a desert. Hard pass. Yeah, it's fine. What if you were listening to, like, Tamita? 
Yeah, no, that would be great. Yeah. Same Volvo, same desk. Same Volvo, same desk. No, I would if I were listening to Tamita, I'd probably be driving one of those like windy roads in Romania. You know, this is just going straight, being stoned out of your mind, I listening like to a riff. That. I did like some of the guitar minis there you go. towards the end. Yeah. And I don't know if we've listened to much guitar mini aside from maybe that deep purple record. It's true. There we're are good to, parts. We're not Lizzie yet. We're on. We're on. In we're oh, listening yeah, in yeah. our headphones right now to "In Memory of Elizabeth Reed," which I think has some nice guitar minis. This is "In Memory of Elizabeth mm-hmm. Reed," right? Okay, good. I just want to make sure I I knew it so well. I knew what I was talking about. Yeah. Uh, so there's parts that are good, but it's just not for me. And I don't know if I would be good friends with the person who really liked this album. Oh no, I, I'd be oh, good friends oh, with the person oh, who really oh. liked this album. It's just a to each their own thing. I don't know if this I, is I mean, not a bad album. It's just not my style. Yeah, but. It's indicative gonna, of other things. I'm gonna say uh, neutral on it. I like uh, actually a lot of it. Um, I do think that the Almond Brothers are doing something that typically I have a, a strong reaction because I've listened to original, say Delta Blues or original Chicago Blues, BB King or whatever that they're trying to imitate. And I and I look at them and I, you know like Eric Clapton. I'm like nah. That's this is like an imitation where I feel like the Almond Brothers are have a genuine soul, you know, uh, about their performances. They and, are from the Delta, and it is uh, it is providing something uh, interesting when I, when I am listening to that. Now I am going to caveat that with the first three songs are kind of like, eh, especially the first two. The first two are kind of throwaways they introduce the band in a, in a way that i think is completely unnecessary for this this album because they then go on to do all this other stuff strong at the end the second di- the yeah. second record is is very strong and that's their original material which is it's disappointing that you have all you know sort of like uh, these other songs and it's been kind of a hindrance whereas i could have been a f- full on board with a lot of the stuff if it if it wasn't that great good great slide if yeah. anybody likes slide guitar i mean this is this it's is really good guitar work really good guitar work and very interesting uh for the most part some of it is is a bit of, eh, it gets in that area but it is like a live show so what are you going to do i did read too that this is uh almost 100% live they did overdub a bit of the vocals and a bit of uh, the harmonica playing, but other than that, completely, there's no like guitar overdubs. That's admirable mm. because yeah. this album, for being a live album, is tight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they lived on the road. Yep. Uh, I read a band member's impression. So they were they knew they were recording it for uh, for an album. The band members' impressions of these shows that were captured on tape, like, hey, how do you think the show went? Like, eh, it's above average. Yeah, I read that too. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> they, they didn't consider this, like, oh, past. man, we were on fire that night. This was, this was an above-average evening for them. Yeah. And uh, that's pretty cool. They were a tight band. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Next time we'll be talking about Rolling Stones, Sticky Fingers. Oh, snap. <laughs> All right, okay. thanks, y'all.